from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. If you go to our Facebook page, 999 The Fan, you will see a bet getting cashed in. Our former producer, Jonathan Rand, is a Braves fan. Mike Ewald, who used to be our promotions director, and now he's a big, big wig in the back office here at Capital Broadcasting. He's a huge Mets fan. And when the Mets were, what, up six and a half games? They were up ten and a half games at one point. Yeah, it was fresh off of they had won a series over the Yankees. Mm -hmm. And it seemed like, ah, and then DeGrom was back. It just felt like everything was going. Timmy Trumpet's doing his thing. Everything was coming up Mr. Met. Yeah. So Ewald felt confident that he would have an opportunity to slap Jonathan Rand across the face with a giant tortilla. Yeah, it was actually quite magnanimous of Rand to take the bet. It really was. Yeah. But he believed in his Braves. Yes. And the Braves have rewarded him because the Braves ended up winning the NL East. And today, Jonathan Rand during his lunch break. I'm actually impressed he showed up on time. And dressed like an adult, too. Wow. he's No no beard gang t-shirt. He graduated. He's so grown up now. It's amazing. All we had to do was set him free. I I shed a little tear, man. I really did. He's, He's so grown up. So... He showed up today. You and I went to Wegmans, and I know where they keep the big tortillas. Yeah, those are monsters. <laughs> the, the burrito tortillas. Like, yeah, chipotle size. Yeah, burritos. those things are no joke, man. No joke. So I, uh, I, I, we were at Wegmans today, bought those. And let me just put it this way. The face, we got it on slow-mo, multiple angles. Ewald's face, there was a jiggle. So go to our Facebook page. You will see the slap bet getting cashed in. We'll check in with Tracy, Carolina Hurricanes, Bally Sports in about 10 minutes or so. Let's answer some Hey Joe questions. All right, this first one comes from Spencer. Hey, Joe, what the heck happened to the Canes Stadium Series ticket situation? What do you mean what happened? I mean, it's playing out the way that we kind of expected this to play out. Uh, There's – I hate – I hate this topic – because there's been bad messaging. It's a combination of bad messaging from the NHL, bad messaging from the Carolina Hurricanes, and ba- and, and a real bad messaging online. And I think if I'm going to place the blame on why things kind of get out of hand with these ticket sales uh, related to the Canes outdoor game, it's because people online freak the hell out. Freak out. And it causes a frenzy, and people start getting mad, understandably. But here's what happened today. Don Waddell, the president and general manager of the Carolina Hurricanes, said that the Carolina Hurricanes allotment was sold out. Keyword allotment. It's important to understand that for every outdoor game, the NHL team that is hosting gets base their arena size in ticket allotment. So the Canes got just under 19,000 tickets for Carter-Finley Stadium. That seats what, 56 at this point? 56 and change? For football? I've lost track of what they said. 58-5. 58-5. Thank you. So they got ni- they got just under 19, which is the arena size for PNC Arena. And my understanding is the Carolina Hurricanes, knowing what the demand was going to be with the season ticket sales and flex plans and corporate sponsorships, that they were going to need more. I think it was Luke DeCock at the News and Observer who pointed out the Canes ended up getting around 30,000 tickets in their allotment. That allotment sold out in three hours. This has caused people to freak. A couple mistakes were made here. 
Because you got to remember, it's the NHL that runs the show when it comes to the ticket sales. A couple of mistakes were made, in my opinion. The first one is on the NHL. For 25 years, this market, Julio, has constantly proven to you that is there is there a big event? We love a big event, and people are going to buy tickets for that. Every time the NHL has come through with something, whether it was the draft, whether it was the All-Star game, whether it's Stanley Cups, this area loves a big event. Yeah, don't undersell the draft because that was one before yes. it was really popular. Mm-hmm. That And it's particularly in this market, it was really before a lot of their success. They have this draft, and you're thinking, who the heck's going to show up for the draft? Everybody. And a bunch of people did. <laughs> yes. And a bunch of people did. They did. They did. It was impressive. That uh, that was one that really opened the eyes, I thought, of the NHL and mm-hmm. Gary Bettman in particular. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're right. It, it's like the, the all-star stuff wasn't just the game. Mm-hmm. It was the skills competition. It was everything that was held downtown at the convention center, you know. And people showed out. They embraced and showed out. And I, you're right. They should have assumed that unlike maybe Nashville or somewhere else where you where you think oh well then we're gonna really have to work for this because we mm-hmm. want to be embarrassed right right it's one of their it's one of their marquee events it's a showcase event so you don't want to sit there and go that I can understand why they didn't say hey we're gonna sell sixty thousand tickets off the jump because they were probably like well we probably should stage this and make sure that it doesn't look empty we're gonna you know we're gonna do what we have to do to make this look good on TV because yeah. First and foremost, it's a television product. It is a television product. But then second, they should have, yeah, they they underestimated the thirst for a big event. Not only is there a thirst, remember, it was supposed to take place like two years ago. Yes. So I think there's been a natural build towards, you know, it's a little bit like game day with the NC State. Like mm-hmm. the, the the second NC State gets game day, the thing's going to be flooded with people. Well, so I think this has been like, hey, we've been waiting forever for this outdoor game. Okay, well, here it is. Sell the tickets. Let's go. The Canes are very, very good with a Stanley Cup window, so that's already baked into the equation. But I'm glad you brought up the delay because the pandemic, this is another thing that I wish that the powers that be would understand because I've seen it play out a couple different ways, mainly with concerts. Rage Against the Machine, I went to at PNC Arena last month or whatever it was. That was a show that was essentially two years in the making. That was a cathartic experience for a lot of people. Went to go see Billy Joel at Bank of America Stadium back in April. That was a show that was originally supposed to happen in April of 2020. Two years later, I finally go to that Billy Joel show, and that place was nuts for Billy Joel. Sold out. And the reason why is because of that two-year buildup. And even the artists are like, oh, man, it's great. I mean, they're the artists are pouring it yeah. out because they know people have been waiting. So It's not, it's not just Wednesday night in Durham. Yeah. Exactly. So there is this there is this miscalculation from the NHL that I'm like flabbergasted by when it comes to this market, and here we are again. Now my understanding with the Carolina Hurricanes is they're trying to negotiate more of the allotment, um, but you got to understand that there are still going to be tickets available. Uh, they you know you you have the NHL is going to have general sales theoretically. You got sponsors. NC State has their allotment. Uh, the Caps have their allotment. So there's ways for this to play out. I will say this too in terms of a mistake in terms of how they miscalculated demand. I'll give you an example. Like I was given access to the Carolina Hurricanes outdoor game through the Junior Canes youth hockey organization. I had an uh, I had an ability to buy upwards of eight tickets. No, that should not have been the case. Four max. Four max should have been what it was, not eight. Because what you're doing there is like if I I bought two, but if I was really about that life. I would have purchased eight tickets and sold six of them. That's what you're opening yourself up to. So I think that was a mistake as well. Next up. 
All right, this one comes from Jeremy. Hey, Joe, who do you think will lose their job first for the Panthers, Baker, McAdoo, or Rule? <laughs> I think it'll be Rule yeah. because I do think that they'll figure out a way to fire him and make it look like a mercy kill so that he could take the Nebraska job. That's what I think. Or, yeah, or the Arizona State job. If I'm him, if Arizona State wants to throw me a bunch of money, I'd I do that too. I'm with you on that too. Next up. Oh, no, Joe. All right, this one comes from Art. Hey, Joe, what's going on? What's going to be the Panthers, or who's going to be the Panthers starting quarterback next year, Geno Smith or Gardner Minshew? Uh, this is my new favorite joke. Is is there a quarterback that looks like they're having like a little decent renaissance or whatever it is? You know, Geno Smith in Seattle. Uh, what was it? Cooper Rush is another one of, one of my go. favorite jokes. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys quarterback for Dak Prescott while he's injured. I don't, <laughs> don't think that's going to be the case with the Panthers. They'll probably draft their next guy. Yeah, if you're the Panthers, you're, you're doing everything you possibly can to get C.J. Stroud at this point. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Next up. From Woj. Hey, Joe, what's the best way to climb out of a blackjack hole? Ooh, uh, probably go over to the roulette table and either take take thirds or just put it all on either black or red. I mean, gambling is not for the faint of heart. So, yeah, if you're if you're trying to claw back, blackjack's probably not the best way to do it. I love blackjack, though. That is my favorite well, game if to you play. Can play under control, but, yeah, if you're in the tank, you're in the tank, man. <laughs> uh, eject. I, listen, as someone who gambles on sports, I would act, if you talk, if you already knew the score of the game, yeah. I would still bet on it as long as you were being honest with me. Fair. Like, I would rather that than sit there and sweat, particularly if you're down a decent amount. You don't want to spend those three hours okay. watching a football game knowing that it could go either. I would rather just give me the quick death or give me the quick payout. Next up. All right, this one comes from Scott. Hey, Joe, why do you hate pavement so much? The band? No, I don't hate pavement. Okay, real quick context. Uh, the website Pitchfork, music website Pitchfork, put out this 90s list, right? And this is what happens when we do these retroactive lists. It's nerds like me who try to tell you that the indie rock band that you that maybe like the stoner buddy of yours in college turned you on to was a true representation of the 90s. It wasn't. If you're going to give me a 90s list and certain acts are not number one, like, I don't know, Biggie, Puffy, Britney Spears, like all that kind of stuff, like late 90s or early 90s, we're talking like big rock bands, then you're missing out. If you're telling me that Pavement was the number one band of the 90s, you're telling me that... You never left the college radio station while you were in college. Go outside, touch some grass, because pavement is not representative of the 90s, period. But that's what all these websites do, and it bothers me. Just like the retcon that rap rock is somehow good. No, rap rock isn't good. Rap rock is trash, and that's why we liked it. Limp Bizkit was not an artiste. He was trash, and it was fun, okay? Don't try to sell me on it being art. Joining us on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline, Trip Tracy, Carolina Hurricanes. The season is less than a week away, and I think, Trip, the biggest storyline so far is that everybody has fallen in love with Brent Burns. It's not just his beard, it's his play as well. Am I, am I following this right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I like the fact as a as a seasoned veteran, a former Norris Trophy winner, long been considered one of the elite defensemen in the game, Joe, that he, you know, he felt that the two games that he played at home, that, you know, they weren't just 
one-offs. I mean, it was important to him. And you can't manufacture what the energy will be there come game one at home against Columbus Wednesday. But, I mean, what a bring-you-out-of-your-seat offensive thinker he is. I mean, he has a big league shot, even at the NHL level. But in watching him and watching him more closely than I have you know, especially because he's played his whole career in the Western Conference. You only get to see him you know, twice a year. You just cannot, if you're on the ice with him, now as a Carolina Hurricanes teammate, you cannot take a breath for a second <laughs> because whether it's in transition, Joe, or in the offensive zone, he will find you. And then he has what, what Dougie Hamilton had, but Tony D'Angelo didn't, is he has that shot that can – beat a goaltender, even if a goalie gets a clean clean look at it. So, I mean, it was a terrific uh, two games of of debuting in the preseason for Brent Burns. And the other thing, I just got out of practice a few minutes ago, everything he does is with such professional purpose. But simultaneously, I was thinking about, remember the movie uh, Big with Tom Hanks? I mean, he, he is a, he's an unbelievably fit, mature professional but simultaneously, in all the right ways, he's a, he's a kid at heart. Hmm. And so, especially watching the way that in, in the warm-ups of those two preseason games, uh, at the practice rink a couple of times, genuine authenticity when he engages in particular with young fans, he is gonna be, he's going to be an immediate favorite. Um, and um, I can't wait to watch him play when it starts counting for real. Trip Tracy, Carolina Hurricanes broadcast. You can listen to it here on 99.9 The Fan. We're less than a week away from opening night at PNC Arena. We'll be out there. Julio and I will be out there uh, in the plaza getting everybody ready. Uh, a lot of expectations, again, for this team. Uh, and as much as you know, you can bring in somebody like Brent Burns and he has an express purpose, there's also some eyeballs in the direction of younger players who need to step up a little bit more. I think that is really true of somebody like Marty Natchez. So what kind of conversations have taken place with how last year went with Natchez and he kind of disappeared uh, and an opportunity he has this year to turn everything around? What have you seen so far in the preseason? Well, I have seen, and it's just the preseason, but an impressive reset for Natchez. I mean, you look last year on the ice, it just it wasn't a good year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and off the ice, you know, I'm, I'm certainly guessing that, you know, at different points in the season that Natchez probably turned down pretty lucrative contract extensions. He bet on himself and, you know, and, you know, so he ended up signing, I would think, a contract for significantly less. I bring that up just because the ability to accept what has happened has happened, get excited about preparing yourself to take the next step. And he has definitely caught my attention in practices and the, the preseason games that he played uh, the puck. He's a, he's a shooter that uses a ton of flex where the stick really in whipping fashion does the work, but the puck seems to really be exploding off his stick. I would put him in a category of two or three guys that if I'm really hoping beginning with Columbus on Wednesday and then, beginning the the Western trip in California, Washington, then Western Canada, that he's a guy that gets rewarded early in the season. 
If it doesn't happen, no reason to press a, a panic button, but he, I would love to see him feel good about himself early. Well, whether that happens or not, he needs to be just a cog in the wheel of whatever line he's playing on. I say that from the standpoint of he can't be a one-trick pony. He's mm-hmm. got to be relied upon positionally at both ends of the rink. He's got to have a buy-in. You know, it looks like he'll play with Jesperi Kokaniemi and Andrei Svechnikov. He needs to be predictable for his line mates in the right ways. He needs to be reliable to the coaching staff in the right ways. And then his skill set, if it's not individualistic, can really take a step or two. Uh, I've been very encouraged about what I've seen so far and how fit he is and um, his practice habits. Uh, And and it, it seems to me that he has prepared himself to live in the now and uh, be prepared to to take steps in his career. Chip Tracy, Carolina Hurricanes broadcast, along with Mike Meniscalco joining us here on the OG. Alongside Joe Giglio, I'm Joe Ovias. The season's right around the corner. We're very hyped for this. Uh, you actually mentioned him in, in talking about Marty Natchez. You, there's Kokanyemi uh, as well, uh, and they knocked out that extension, and there's expectations that come along with that, just like with Andrei Svechnikov. All right, got your deal. It's it's go time, and I feel like that's kind of like the the general message. Maybe Rod Brindamore is giving to this team in the preseason as they get ready for another season of expectations. Like if this is going to happen, this needs to happen too. You guys need to step up. Has that been the general message? Yeah, I mean, the bottom line is to have success. Yes, Barry Kokaniemi is now in a very important role, uh, and so and he had some really good offensive moments. Uh, in the preseason, uh, you know, Rod played him at, at the end of the preseason in the front and the back end of a back-to-back. I think that's a subtle message that that, that he wants Jesperi to play with mental and physical pace. No hesitation. No hesitation in getting shots to the net. No, no hesitation in distributing the puck. And maybe most importantly, no hesitation in playing with pace defensively and mentally sorting things out to be a reliable defensive sentiment. Um, I do like what the Hurricanes have done from the standpoint that you have some built-in safety as you gauge Kokaniemi's development on the fly. Stastny comes in after the Pacioretty injury. It looks like he'll start on the wing where he looked really good one game where Nino was with Jordan Stahl and Jesper Foss. You know, he can always play center. Derek Stepan, I, I'm, I'm guessing there's a very good chance that, that he's going to sign and that he would center the fourth line. You have Jack Drury pushing to try to make the roster. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I, your general question, I saw in a very good preseason for trying to get new players to adjust, younger players to be ready to take the next step as relied upon contributors to this team and then players competing for the third pairing on defense and the last spot or two on, uh, you know, up front. I saw Rod's subtle message sending, mm-hmm. um, even albeit in a preseason, that I, I thought was, uh, was really good. Trip Tracy, Canes broadcast. We're almost there, Trip. We appreciate the time. We will talk to you next week. Joe, I can't wait. It'll be great to see you uh, outside. Weather looks beautiful.
because that uh, will that will officially signal that Wednesday has arrived. It, it, it'll only be official if I'm wearing the Hartford Whalers tie-dye tank top from our broadcast location. That's when you know it's real. <laughs> well, I... I, I don't go, but a trainer convinced me at Gold's Gym to wear a tank top uh, at one point this summer, and I was uh, I was true to my word. And, and <laughs> the guys and 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 my dear friend Rod have given me quite a a bit of heat about that. Well, that tank top. trip trip. If you see me in the tank top, then you'll feel much better about yourself in your tank top. Trust me on that one. All right, man. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Are you Julia? Do you wanna? Do you want me to get you a tank top for Wednesday? Let's not do that to the people. It's 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 in their best interest. It could be what the people want. I, you have taught me that there are certain <laughs> corners of the internet that yes, that is true. But I think for the sake of the masses, yeah. Let's all right. It's best that I stay in the hoodie. I do, I'll wear one. Uh, yeah. Well, no, you. We know you will show off the tickets to the gun show. Right. Mm-hmm. That that is true, Dennis. I'm aware of that. Um. I got to drop by the eye to see what kind of new gear they've got, too. They might have some new tie-dye stuff. They might not have a new kind of tank top that I can purchase ahead of the game and, and we do the broadcast. Are we going to do the uh, flashcards? I'm ready. All right. Yeah, Wait, we, can got, you we have I, new... can, can you identify this cane? Right. We got new ESPN shirts, 99.9 the shirt, fan mm-hmm. shirts. Maybe maybe we bring a tumbler if someone maybe, could run the table. Maybe. Maybe we could be talked into that. All right, we'll see what happens. We've got people coming through. That'll be a lot of fun. Are you ready for the big game? At The Designery, we can help you arrange your kitchen in the perfect way to feed everyone coming over for the big game. I'm Dana Merrill, the owner of The Designery in North Raleigh. And I am True Merrill. I am the project manager. The Designery is a lovely kitchen, bath, and closet remodeling company. We do pretty much any of the utility spaces in your house. If you want to store things in your cabinets, if you want to work on things on your countertops, if you want to uh, have a floor that can get wet or muddy, we're the place to help you fix your home up. We are the Designery North Raleigh, located at 3030 Wake Forest Road in the Holly Park Plaza. We would love to see you or visit our website at thedesignery.com.